All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. 7s are lucky in Vegas and Edmonton maybe has a shot at the division. We're breaking down a big game and more on Oilers Nation every day. Let's get into it with the lead. The chat is alive, and our boy 587 Legend has the first comment of the day. Racks on racks, smoking on that Golden Knights pack. The Oilers beat the Vegas Golden Knights 7-4 to on Tuesday night. A big win as they finish the season series against Vegas at it with a 3-0-1 record. Edmonton dominating Vegas in the 22-23 season, and there are a lot of positive storylines from last night. And a lot to get to today on the show. We are live from the Sports Closet studio. You can check them out online at sportscloset.ca. Get geared up for the playoffs. I was just talking to Sports Closet, freshening up the Sports Closet studio for the playoff run as well, because we are hoping it's going to be a long one. We are live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. If you have not hit the subscribe button yet, you should do it. You should hit that subscribe button and hit the like button while you're here watching the stream. Smart Cowboy is in. What an amazing game that was. Still need to brush up a bit more on that D, but it's coming. He adds Nuge is on fire. Such an awesome 200-foot player. Contributes so much to this team, 100%. A big game from Nuge. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Rusty says Nuge is a lock for 100 points. I thought he might have. I thought he was going to get it last night with the way that thing was going. And... 
Sergeant Battle, did someone release an owl? Because after last night, all I'm hearing is Eichel. Whoo. That's a good owl impression as well. Uh, we are going to get into our three big things for our friends at Betway in just a second here. But first, let's bring in Liam Horobin, who's got the Penner jersey on the wall. He's got his nice, fresh, fresh nation gear, not flex fit hat, curve brim hat that you can pick up at Sports Closet as well. And Liam, I know you were enjoying that win last night. Yeah, it was uh it was nice to see, and it was nice to see our predictions about Jonathan Quick not being very good come true, Tyler. That was uh that was a nice turnout for it. But obviously the Nugent Hopkins is the biggest story. The Nugent's on fire, absolutely buzzing. And you know what? I'll even accept the wave that happened in the third period there, because that was just uh it was just a fun game to watch, and I'm sure it would have been excellent to watch in person too. A lot of Oilers fans in that barn, including our very own nation, Dan. So I'm sure he was participating mm-hmm. in the wave as well. Uh, it's He's not one of the three big things. So let's talk about Jonathan Quick. Since he joined the Vegas Golden Knights, he's allowed three or more goals in six of his seven starts. Again, Liam, I think me and you were bang on on this. We can pat ourselves on the back. Why anyone, including the Vegas Golden Knights front office, thought or convinced themselves that a 37-year-old with a 3.5 goals against average on the season was magically going to turn things around once he threw on a Golden Knights sweater, it's beyond me. He is not a good NHL goalie. Let's go through those goals last night. A lot of them he looked largely not competitive on. The first one, Evan Bouchard, zero ability to look his way through traffic, and instead of battling, he just basically freezes up and is like, well, hope this hits me, extends his blocker and glove out, Bouchard picks the corner on him. Uh, The Darnell Nurse goal, that one was absolutely brutal as well. Jonathan Quick Mm -hmm. was not good last night. Like, again, if Vegas thinks that guy can take them on a run, they are kidding themselves. Yeah, when it all kind of went down, I was a little confused why Vegas would even want Jonathan Quick. Like, I think the three goal is they already have in the organization better. And maybe obviously injuries to Logan Thompson have have set a bit of a plague in their goaltending room. But... Surely there's somebody else, right? This guy has not been good. He wasn't good for LA. Like the logistics behind LA trading him, like obviously he's a legend in that city and all that kind of stuff. And that didn't sit well with a lot of people, but take that all away. He's, he wasn't going to help them win the Stanley Cup. And quite frankly, I don't think he's going to help Vegas win the Stanley Cup either. So interesting deal. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad the others get to face him. Yeah, um, let's get into our three big things for our friends at Betway and the chat is alive. Dr. Gonzo says the Nuge, that is all. And let's start with mm-hmm. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. The number one big thing from last night's hockey game, the year of the Nuge just does not stop. He cannot be stopped. Last night against Vegas in 18 minutes on the ice, he picks up a goal and a ah, ho-hum, four assists for the Burnaby <laughs> BC native as well. I mean, this guy's been in the NHL now for, what, a decade? And this is his best season without a doubt. I think we even have a comparison from his best years in the NHL by points per game that you threw together, Liam. And when I looked at this, just your jaw kind of hits the floor. This guy is almost a full half a point per game better than any other season He's had in the NHL. He is killing penalties. He is producing an even strength. He is producing on the power play. He does honestly everything for this team. He is sixth in the league in scoring. Ryan Nugent Hopkins is sixth in the league (laughs) in scoring. 
Just let that sink in, Oilers fans. And they got him signed for a million more years at like five and a quarter. It's a dirt cheap bargain contract. I, I'll be honest, though. And again, we'll pat ourselves on the back a second time, Liam. We talked about this in the early days of Oilers Nation every day of this season. We said, statistically, Nuge was due for a bounce back from what we saw last season. Mm. But even I, a Nugent Hopkins, I don't want to say apologist, a Nugent Hopkins optimist is the word I'm looking for. Even I did not see this coming. I I don't even think Nugent Hopkins saw this coming. To be honest, I, yeah. th- I think you said it's his. It's now his twelfth season in the NHL, which is wild, to be honest. But he has just been a guy that has just been there for the Oilers when they need him. And in the playoffs last year, he took that third line role to try and be the shutdown guy. And this year, he's not even going to cl- come close to be that player because he's so essential to the offense in so many ways the power play like he he quietly took over that game last night with five points like it's just absolutely nuts what this guy's been able to do and how he's been able to kind of change his game in in just such a short time like we spoke about leon drysaddle the other day the differences in his game is like well nugent hopkins is much later in his career and now all of a sudden he's the sixth highest scorer in the nhl it's it's amazing to be honest And, and truly it couldn't have happened to somebody better just somebody who everyone i think in oilers nation just loves and yeah i'm just just happy to see the nuge get deserve what he's getting yeah maynard says the nuge subtle fist pump is the best selly in all of hockey i love it i absolutely love it and i mean come on he's a lock to hit 100 points this year uh ryan nugent hopkins that goal last night was an absolute snipe picks up a handful of apples he now needs just four points in his final seven games to hit the 100 point mark for the first time in his career five goals in seven games if he wants to become a 40 goal scorer as well which is not something i think even when you look back the day he was drafted you probably would have never expected Ryan Nugent Hopkins to hit the 40 goal mark in his career. So Nuge is the first big thing. Number two. Okay, we'll, we'll go to the downside just quickly here. Enough with the early goals. This was a trend for the Oilers early on in the season, but it's coming back. It went away. Like in January when they went on that heater, it's like, boom, they're starting games, right? Like the pace is there. They're starting to, you know, kind of establish possession earlier in hockey games. That has all of a sudden completely gone away over the last week or so. They need to get that part of their game back on the rails. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because it did feel like it wasn't a conversation for such a long time. But all of a sudden, these last couple of weeks, it's just been, honestly, probably since the Dallas game onwards, however many games that is. I think it's five or six now. It's just been like, okay, you're just trailing in all these games. You're allowing these teams are a little bit weaker to get back into it. And obviously, Vegas isn't one of those teams, but... You just don't want to have that poor start. Like coming into this game, I think Vegas was eleven and zero since the trade deadline, or maybe it was All Star break something when scoring the first goal in the game. So the others kind of got lucky that they were able to bail themselves out of that hole. But you can't just keep burying yourself every single night. So yeah, it's just something they've obviously got to key on, key key in on a little bit more to to get things going early. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, because goaltending is never not going to be a conversation here. I didn't love mm-hmm. the game from Stuart Skinner last night. Those first two goals, they're breakaways. So, again, hard to really say, ah, you need them. But I would have liked to see Skinner have one of those. He made some decent stops mm-hmm. down the stretch. But, again, another garbage time goals, a goal against really kind of hurt his numbers in that hockey game. So, didn't love 
the game from Stuart Skinner earlier this week, Liam, you said you were at a one out of 10 in terms of your concern about him. I think I said I was three and a half. I think I inch it up a little here and maybe go to a four, but I'm still not that concerned about the state of Stuart Skinner's game. And also, like I said the other day, he's proven he can bounce back from a tough stretch. So I'm not worried about Stuart Skinner. I know that'll probably come up in the chat here. Are you moving off your answer of one out of 10 on the concern level? Not really, because I think the spots he's being put in are a little bit awkward and like timing's a little bit something with it too. Like the Nugent Hopkins turnover on the first one. And I think that was an Evan Bouchard one on the corner there on the second one. So it's just something yeah. that you're almost not expecting a shot. And then all of a sudden you're facing a, a one-on-one situation. So I think I'm just looking at the situation. Obviously, you don't want to see him allow four a night every night. You'd like to see some safe percentages over 900. But I'm not moving away from my one of concern for Stuart Skinner. Third big thing for our friends at Betway is this. The Vegas Golden Knights do not scare me. They did not scare me coming into this um, hockey game. I said before, I love them as a first-round matchup for the Oilers. Since the trade deadline, they have been brutal when it comes to preventing scoring chances. Um, one of the worst teams in the NHL. When you look at scoring chances against per 60 at five on five, the only team who's been worse at that since the deadline is Columbus. And I think we saw that last night, Liam. There were, I mean, if we want to play the Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal again, Aaron, I, I look at that and I go, hey, great on Nuge to go kind of pick his pocket and take advantage of that. But man, that is a nasty, nasty turnover by, uh, I think it was Nicholas Waugh. Um, Vegas was mm -hmm. careless with the puck. They made a bunch of really, really bad turnovers. They were sloppy in the neutral zone, not getting pucks in deep. They struggled getting out of their own zone to even begin with. And this is a great example of it. I don't think they're that good. They gave up 36 shots at five on five to the Edmonton Oilers. 30 of them were classified as scoring chances, according to natural statric. Like, Again, this Oilers team, what they do best and what they're built to do is put on pressure in the offensive zone and score. And I just look at Vegas and it's a team who's struggling to prevent chances in the offensive zone. So that's a bad matchup for Vegas. I, I This is a team I'd love to see the Oilers play them in round one. And I'd even go as far to say with the state of the goaltending right now in Vegas, if Logan Thompson isn't ready, I would say it's a quick series, Liam. Like again, 3-0-1 in the regular season. That record speaks for itself. Yeah, I think when you look back at the game they played on Saturday night too, it's fair to give credit to Lauren Brassois, to be honest, for really giving Vegas yep. a chance to go and win that game in the first period, especially. I thought he made a lot of good saves. And then you look back at that, obviously we've taken a couple of jabs at Jonathan Quick. He wasn't great, but Vegas, like you said, gave up a lot of chances that he had to mm -hmm. face. And when you, it also almost looked effortless at times for the Oilers, the way they were just able to tap in some goals there. So yeah, I'm with you. Like Vegas... They're obviously going to be a good team and they've got some guys who can make plays, but I think the Oilers are honestly the best team in the Pacific Division. And maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think they can take anybody down at this point. Yeah, like LA scares me. I think a series against LA would be an absolute grind. I think the Oilers would probably mm -hmm. need, you know, you need, you always need some luck to get through a playoff series. I think against LA, you probably need a little bit more than against a team like Vegas. So I think you're clearly better than, even though. Vegas is sitting first in the Pacific Division yeah. still. But after that game last night, after the Oilers taking three of a possible four points from them over the last week, the gap's closing. I still think Edmonton just doesn't probably have enough time to catch both LA and Vegas on the season. Only seven games to go. You need to catch Vegas. You're three points back and they have a game in hand. Like It feels like there might just not be enough time, but Vegas' schedule is 
you know, pretty tough when you look at it. Yes, they get San Jose tomorrow, but then it's back-to-backs against Minnesota, then a very hungry Nashville team, then LA, then Dallas, then back-to-backs against Seattle to end the year. Like if Vegas is going to hit the skids, man, their schedule is not giving them any breaks whatsoever. As we wrap up our recap of last game, we also got to give some love to Evander Kane, the newest member Mm. of the 300 goal club, finding the back of the net off just an absolutely wicked assist from Leon Dreisaitl, <laughs> man. Like the way he cut through the neutral zone, the give and go with Yamamoto and then spinning a little backhand pass over, that was nasty. And Evander Kane doing what he does best, which is finishing off quality scoring chances. He finds the back of the net. 300 goals for Evander Kane on his career. Took him 846 games to hit that mark. And that's a guy who the Oilers really need to kind of get going here down the stretch. Again, we talked mm-hmm. about the hat trick against Seattle. That's great. That was awesome. Since then, been some tough moments for Evander Kane, specifically in the D zone. So hopefully that's a little, I don't know, monkey off the back, a little momentum builder for EK91. Yeah, I mean, he's just been a good goal scorer for the Oilers since they got him. They saw the prime Evander Kane goal scorer in the playoffs last year. And for me, if you're going to make errors in the defensive zone, at least go and score a goal in the game or provide some offense and your strengths right but yeah good for Evander Kane it's surprising that Connor McDavid is the third one out of the three not to get to 300 so I think we'll be seeing the Connor McDavid 300th goal pretty quick here too yeah Connor McDavid uh, are we still calling it the mini slump for Connor McDavid Mm -hmm. yeah I think he extended his point streak to nine games last night um, but he hasn't (laughs) scored in three straight should we worry about anyways uh we'll talk a a little bit more about the oh sorry Go ahead. I was just saying, you've got to question his abilities. Can he can he get to sixty <laughs> one? Uh, we're going to talk more about the Pacific Division and all of that stuff in a bit. But our pal Frank Cervalli is stopping by because it is a Wednesday. His appearances, as always, brought to you by Star Mechanical. Find them online, StarMechanical.ca. One of Edmonton's top new home plumbing installers for the last twenty years. Plumbing, heating, whatever you need, twenty four seven emergency service. They got you. Starmechanical.ca. Frank Saravalli stopping by. Frank, uh, I know you popped in just as I was kind of going on my rant about how I don't think the Vegas Golden Knight should scare the Oilers at all. Uh, do you agree with that take? Do you think Vegas is the best first-round matchup for the Oilers? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, 
all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, yeah, I think it's probably the best first round. I, I would be betting against their goaltending all day long. They just, they haven't found the consistency required. And I also look at their, um, their as you mentioned, the chances they've given up specifically in this Oilers uh, season series, like you look at it and every game has had at least seven goals. The Oilers hit seven themselves last night. If it's a track meet, the edge and the clear edge and advantages to the Oilers. What I'll say is I don't, I just don't think there's a whole ton separating either Edmonton from Vegas one way or the other. Same thing with the LA Kings same thing with you know anyone else that they'd potentially match up with in the first round. It's it's sort of a coin flip, a toss up either way. I think. Yeah, the Western Conference playoffs kind of throughout are going to be really, really tight. I even look in the Central, like how much is there separating the red hot Minnesota Wild from the Dallas Stars in a round one series or anything like that. So I think we're going to be in for a real treat come playoff time because I mean Winnipeg, okay, whatever happens in that eighth spot, sure, but. The six teams that hold those divisional spots, they all seem like really, really evenly matched. Yeah, they're that's those six teams are the big boys in the West. I mean, they're all sort of yeah. equally capable of taking down each other. It's wide open. And when I say that, I truly believe it. I think the one team that has set themselves apart, I think, in the last four weeks, the last month has been the Colorado Avalanche. They're 16, 4, and 1 in their last 21, two six-game winning streaks. Um, they're also at some point um, going to get Gabriel Landeskog back in the playoffs. And so when you've had the team on a hot streak as they've been and they're going to add a critical piece back, like I think to me they're the team to beat in the West. And I think if I were to you know create a pecking order of of teams that I believe have the best opportunity to advance to the Stanley Cup final in the West. I'm going Colorado one, Edmonton two. Um, I'd probably go Minnesota three, Dallas four, or you can flip-flop those teams. Dallas three, Minnesota four, LA five, Vegas six. Interesting. Sticking with uh, the Oilers' win last night in Vegas, Ryan Nugent Hopkins seems primed to hit the 100-point mark for the first time in his career. And Frank, he makes just $5.125 million against the cap. He is sixth in the NHL in scoring. As you would say, he's an absolute bargoon for this Edmonton team. He has been, and I think that's sort of the amazing part is that when the Oilers signed Ryan Nugent Hopkins to this deal – this wasn't anything that they were banking on. They weren't saying, hey, you're going to go out and be not a 100-point player, let alone an 80-point player. They would have been over the moon excited about that type of potentiality and possibility. And it, it speaks to his accomplishment this year. Yes, a lot of what he's done has been generated on this historically good power play. But to hit this type of production this late in your career um, at the age of 29 to me is, is so incredibly rare and special, something to behold. Um, and, and when you've got a guy knocking on the door to become your third 100 point player this season, like the Oilers have been a juggernaut offensively and he plays such a critical role on that power play and he's willing and able to do a lot of things with the puck that 
uh, certainly with patience with the puck, that is incredibly valuable to this team. So he's not rattled in any given situation. And I think that's really important. And to think that, yeah, you know, when he signed the deal, I was, I was probably going, Oh man, eight years, like the last two, three seasons of that deal are going to be pretty ugly. I don't think you care at all when you get this type of production to start because 5 million bucks, when the cap, it, when that deal expires, that cap's going to be well north of a hundred million. That it makes it a lot easier to uh, to withstand whatever the contract looks at that price. Then, yeah, hundred percent. If you get a hundred point season out of a guy, a couple more productive years, you don't care about the last couple of seasons. Uh, the chat wants me to ask you. It was Clay who says, "Ask Frank what's rotten in Winnipeg. On paper, that team is a killer." Man, they've just fallen off a cliff, though. I don't know which is the more fascinating, like, can't take my eyes off the car crash season. Is it the Calgary Flames or the Winnipeg Jets? You know, I can tell you what's rotting with the Flames in that so much of their issues this season, I think, have emanated from frustration around their coach. I think it's been a fractured and frustrating season in that sense. And now they have something lingering over their head with their general manager in the final year of his deal. I said it on Barn Burner yesterday, changes are coming in Calgary. I can't put the same finger on it in Winnipeg. I don't know what the answer is. And when you hear Rick Bonus say things like he did on Tuesday night, saying that if players on this team think that they're emptying the tank, they're dreaming. And then you look at the quality of players that have gone dry at the most critical time of the season. No goals in nine games for Mark Shifley. No goals in 21 games for Blake Wheeler, as you see here. That leaves Kyle Connor and Pierre-Luc Dubois for two goals combined in their last 19. Like, that's that's unacceptable. So they when they went through this stretch where they couldn't defend... And then now they can't score. Shut out three times in the last seven games. It's ugly. And the Flames, who should have been put out of their misery two, three weeks ago, are now suddenly right back in the chase. And the Preds, a team that has so many injuries, all these critical pieces out, and all the players that they took off of their team in Niederreiter and Tanner Janot and go down the list. And the Preds? They, they have a better points percentage than the Flames. And they're in the, you know, sort of, as you look at the standings here, the, the driver's seat, like it, it possibly, it's, it's, a, it's a bananas season for the Jets who had been atop the Central for so long, a bananas season for the Flames. And the Preds are like, yeah, well, whatever, we're just happy to be here. And what a story it would be. I, I had Preds GM David Poyle, who's outgoing on, frankly speaking, a new episode drops today. And what a, what a story it would be if the Preds are able to somehow get in the playoffs, this guy that's been chasing a Stanley Cup for 39 years, and somehow go on some kind of run. That would be incredible. Go on a run after he stocked the cupboards on his way out as well, dealing off, like you said, Ekholm, Janot, Granlund, all those pieces ahead of the deadline. Uh, you mentioned, frankly speaking, your new podcast. It is We are eight episodes into that. Your guests so far. Todd McClellan, Zach Hyman, Josh Morrissey, Nazem Kadri, Tom Dundon, Kane's owner, Alan Walsh, the outspoken agent, JVR of the Philadelphia Flyers, and David Poyle. So go find that wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you hinted at it a little bit there, but uh, the changes potentially in Calgary this offseason. I know right now that fan base is zeroed in on you know just getting into the playoffs and things like that, but they had a very busy summer last year. 
Could this one coming up somehow be busier if they don't make the playoffs? I don't think from a player personnel perspective, but I do think from a coaching and management perspective, something's got to give. I'd be very surprised if heading into next season that Brad Treliving is the general manager and Daryl Sutter is the head coach. And it's not a one or the other proposition. I, I see a path or a world that exists where both of those guys are not back in the same role that they've had. Um, look, the act has worn thin with Daryl Sutter and the players. It's worn thin between Daryl Sutter and other staff members of the Calgary Flames. Um, and, and look, there's no shortage of questions among the fa- Flames fan base uh, down Highway 2 saying, hold on a second. We traded for all these guys. We signed, uh, you know, these long-term mega extensions, and we're not a playoff team. How does this get any better? What's the plan? I just think when you look at this collection of players, there's a reason why a lot of people pick the Flames to win the division or to be a playoff team. The collection of talent on paper is better than what it's shown on the ice. We thought the same last year with the Jets. They've now bounced back to kind of sort of be a playoff team. Could the same thing happen with the Flames? Because of the term that they have, because of the guys that have one year left on their deal next year, like Toffoli, like Lindholm, because those players have exceeded their value with how they play, I, I don't doesn't make any sense to trade Lindholm or Toffoli this summer if you want to be a playoff team. So... I just don't see a ton of player movement, but I certainly see a lot coming off the ice. You have your top 50 unrestricted free agent story up at dailyfaceoff.com. So a little bit Man, more taking a beating on social media. Really? Why? Yeah. People have been all over me saying uh, Michael Bunting, like quit drinking the Leafs Kool-Aid. And I'm like, um, hold on a second. <laughs> It's not me. I don't determine the free agent class, but because I put him number one, everyone's like, oh, Patrick Kane is the easy number one. Or what about Alex Kalorn? All those guys are five and six years older than, than Michael Bunting. And by the way, like Bunting has 109 points in his last two seasons. It's going to be more than that by the time this regular season is all said and done. Again, I don't make the class. I just rank them. And there's question marks about just about everyone, which is why... It's an interesting debate, but like Kane needs offseason hip surgery and Kalorn turns 34. Like, I, where, like, you tell me who to put at number one, Ryan O'Reilly. He's missed 30 games this year and yeah. he's got a broken finger, but some people are saying that he's having a foot issue again. Like, it, there's like everywhere you turn, there's a question about this class. Well, yeah. And also for the people saying you're drinking the Leafs Kool-Aid, have they heard your Austin Matthews takes from earlier this year? You do not drink the Leafs Kool-Aid at all. But this I don't is drink like anyone's really, Kool-Aid. Yeah. This is a really subpar free aging group. Like I I don't see anyone there that I look at and go, oh, that's like a franchise changing kind of player. Or like, oh, I'd be okay with my team giving that guy seven years. It's just it's not there for me. I wonder if maybe are we going to see an increase in trade activity this summer because there aren't like clear cut solutions on the free agent market? I think this really turns up the temperature on the trade market. Like I think what you're going to see is all of a sudden a player like JT Miller, who's essentially starting a new contract at seven years, 8 million and has the no trade clause that kicks in for the Canucks. We know they tried to move him, but teams look at this free agent class and say, well, How do we get better? This free agent class isn't it. So we're going to have to go trade for someone. And especially if the salary cap is increasing, which 
I've never been more convinced that it is, that that means we'll see more trade activity than free agent signings. And Miller's the prime example of that. Would you sign JT Miller to a seven-year times $8 million contract if he hits the open market? And if you've watched the way that he's played under Rick Tockett, you're like, yeah, all day long, this is an impact guy. But then the question is, you also need to pay an asset or two or whatever it is to get JT Miller from the Canucks. So again, it, it's I think it, it's it's... It may not be eye-popping, but I think it's a fascinating class to pick through because I also think that there's some real budget value finds that are out there in this class that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg, a David Kampf, a, um, a Garnet Hathaway. Like Go through that that are not going to be a, a nuts acquisition that you can all of a sudden you know add to your team and improve it. Uh, you had this on Daily Face Off Live, but I kind of want you to explain it to me again because I didn't comprehend it the first time. Max Pacioretty, what's the deal here and what makes that case so unique? Okay, so if you go back, Max, Max Pacioretty, we have him on the number 11 spot there, as you can see. And so everyone knows how over 35 contracts work, right? You can sign the player to a league minimum deal and add performance bonuses to that contract so that if the player hits, you know, whatever threshold you set, if he hits 25 games played, he gets X amount of dollars, 50, whatever, you can do it a million different ways. It's up to you to be as creative as you want. So what happens on an over 35 contract like that is that that money doesn't count against your cap that season. You have the option to basically only show on your cap 775,000, which is the league minimum. And then whatever bonuses are attained by that player, you then apply it to next year's cap. So it basically allows teams to punt the ball down the road a little bit and say, well, we're not going to have to worry about that. We can get this guy at, at exactly league minimum. He can still put money in his pocket and we can, you know, move it to next year when we'll have more flexibility. And hopefully, theoretically, as the way it should work, we have more cap space then. So what happens with Pacioretty and other injured players, this is not something that's talked about all that often, but applies here, is that there's this stipulation in the CBA that you don't have to be over 35 to do the same thing with a player who had a long-term injury and is a free agent. So for Pacioretty and Connor Brown, who's also coming off of a torn ACL, if you've played 400 games in the NHL and you missed 100 days or more last season with a long-term injury, you can do the same thing as an over-35 contract. So for Pacioretty, he's still one of the elite snipers in the league. And if, and I, it's not even a big if, I don't think, that Achilles has been properly repaired this time, then he's you can sign him to a league minimum contract and get creative. And I think that's what's really going to drive up the interest in Max Pacioretty. I can already see Max Pacioretty going to the Tampa Bay Lightning for $750,000 this offseason. But you mentioned Connor Brown. The chat said it, and I've been saying it even before I knew this little factoid about the CBA. He is a no-brainer addition for the Edmonton Oilers. And I think that marriage would make sense from both sides. If you're Connor Brown, go play with Connor McDavid, who you played with in junior, sign the one-year deal, get some bonuses in there, rebuild your value on an absolutely stacked offense, and on a team that is pretty weak on the right side of the ice, the Oilers get a guy who has a 20-goal history in the NHL. 
get him potentially for league minimum next season and deal with the aftermath or deal with the consequences of potential success down the road. That makes so much sense to me. Yeah, and I think what's exciting about the Connor Brown situation, unlike Pacioretty, not to say Pacioretty's going to command a huge ticket, but Pacioretty was in the $7 million range prior to this, and the way that he scored in Vegas certainly backed up that number. Whatever his bonuses are going to cost, you're going to be way more than Connor Brown. So what will happen is after we're done this this show today, I'm going to take this clip and I'm going to send it over to Ken Holland and we'll, we'll see what he says. Thank you. And then I want commission if Connor Brown scores 20 goals next season as the one who came up with we'll, the idea. We'll add that to the Oilers cap too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Frank, thanks for popping by today. See you, Tyler. There you go. That's Frank Cervalli for our friends at Star Mechanical. Find them online, starmechanical.ca. If you need some emergency repair, you know the number, 780-481-8873. Liam, you're a big Connor Brown guy. That's got to get you excited. I, I did have a meme created when Con- the Connor Brown rumors were happening last year, so it'll be nice to activate that. But I will have to find a replacement for Tyson Berry on my, uh, on my meme, so hopefully we can mm. figure something out there too. Maybe bunting. Yeah, maybe bunting. I highly (laughs) doubt the others will have the money for that. Um, But man, Connor Brown, like it's a no-brainer. I will be Mm -hmm. 0% surprised when that move happens. I'm going to manifest it. I want Connor Brown on the right side with Connor McDavid next season. Pradineski says, I was sad when the Brown traded to Edmonton News went cold. Basically a lesser Mm -hmm. version of Zach Hyman. He would fit in perfectly, man. Like, again, the way this top nine. And the other thing, too, that I like about that potential ad is you can bring in Connor Brown, league minimum next year, throw some bonuses on there, who cares? If he hits all the bonuses and scores 25 goals next year, okay, deal with the consequences of success the next year, and guess what? The next year, Xavier Borgo's maybe a little bit more ready. Maybe it's Raphael Lavoie time at that point as well. You have these younger options built into the system where you can pop them up, they're on their ELCs, they'll be dirt cheap, and the Connor Brown bonus, if it hits the year after because he played so well with Connor McDavid, you won't care about it. And then as well, from now until two years from now, maybe the cap's gone up seven, eight, nine million bucks, right? So uh, I love the idea of Connor Brown uh, as a potential ad for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, let's get back to the playoff picture, though, and the out-of-town scoreboard for our friends at AMA Travel. Tonight, not a lot going on. Minnesota-Colorado mm. is the only game in the Western Conference, and that doesn't affect the Edmonton Oilers all that much. So it's a light night in the NHL. You can all take a night off from watching hockey and go spend time with your families or do whatever you want to do. I don't really care. Um, But tomorrow is a busy night around the NHL. Seattle is taking on the Anaheim Ducks. Vegas is in San Jose to take on the Sharks as well. Nashville's in Pittsburgh playing the Penguins. And of course, Edmonton is in Los Angeles. So tomorrow, Busy night on the AMA travel out of town scoreboard. Um, but Liam, three games on tap in the NHL. Let's uh, let's see what you're betting on over at Betway. What do you got? What do I got? I have a, a Bo Horvat shot prop and also a Miko Rantanen shot prop. So the Bo, Bo Horvat shot prop missed last game, but did hit in four prior. So Kind of liking that. Obviously, the island is still pushing for a playoff spot, so they need the big guns to show up. And then the Miko Rantanen one, I'm just trying to find it here exactly how well it's been doing. Uh, he got it last couple of games, and then before that, he missed, and then he hit it in back-to-back. So he's hit it in four of his last five, and so these two are just shooting the puck right now. Obviously, not a very busy slate, but this is what I'm looking at, Tyler. What do you got? 
I have a shot prop parlay that when played together pays out plus 140. Dylan Stroman, Washington, mm. he's hit his over one and a half mark in six straight games. He also had six shots on goal in their last game against Pittsburgh. You take him at one and a half and you take Michael Bunting at one and a half. He's also hit that in four of his last five, has had four shots in two of his last three games. Both those guys over one and a half played together is like plus 135, plus 140. That is my bet of the day. That is the spot I like. Uh, shout out to Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, the YouTube chat is buzzing. Christopher Palmer says, you don't care about us. No, I do really care about you, but just spend your Wednesday however you want. Um, Lance says, let's hear Gavin's bets. One day, Gavin, the intern, when he graduates from his internship. He will get a microphone and he can start giving us uh, some bets. We are stuck on 68 likes, which is driving Maynard absolutely crazy. So before you go, if you're watching, I see there's like almost 300 of you. There was over yeah. 300 of you at another point on YouTube. Hit the like button. What's wrong with you? It takes zero effort. Click the damn thing. Come on. Anything else, Liam? I think, uh, I think I'm good, Tyler. I think I'm good. Yeah. I know some people were asking about the Kuznetsov trade rumors and all of that, but I actually don't think there's a lot of smoke there at all. Kuznetsov kind of came out and was like, mm, that's not the case. We know the Capitals mm. thought about moving him in past off seasons because there's a lot of off ice drama with Evgeny Kuznetsov, but I, I didn't think it was really worth bringing up with, uh, with Frank on the show. Um, so there you go. That is it. <laughs> Zach's in the chat as well. Rusty thinks I'm Hello. ignoring certain parts of the chat as well. I don't see that at all. Um, anyways, thanks for tuning in today, everybody. Sports Closet Studio, check them out. St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall. Shout out to Betway, Star Mechanical, and our friends at AMA Travel. Tomorrow, we're back at it in the big studio with a Sherwood Ford Giant game day. As Edmonton gets set, the week of big games continues with a big matchup against the LA Kings. We're going to get set for that and more tomorrow on the show. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy your Wednesday night, and we'll chat tomorrow. 